you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Ah, oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shame. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 67 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes. And a gentle reminder, I'd be much obliged if you would go in there and rate the podcast and comment on it because people who run the computers, they tell me that this is very helpful to your rating on the iTunes. So, uh, so like I say, please do that. All right, anyway, episode 67 here. Lots to yap about because we don't just stay NFL focused. Not in May. How could we possibly do so? Um, but uh, we're going to talk about, of course, we're going to talk about football. And we'll do so with our, our newest colleague, Daniel Jeremiah, former NFL scout, now a scribe at NFL.com. And uh, he has a brand new column up on the site or did uh, as of Monday. And uh, we'll yap about it. He ranks the best divisions by quarterback, which is similar to what we did last summer, Rank. You and me, we put together our list of the best teams by quarterback, not just currently, but for all of time. So, of course, teams like the 49ers, who had Steve Young and Joe Montana, two Hall of Famers, did better than teams like Cincinnati, who maybe their best QB ever was Carson Palmer. But anyway, we'll compare our list to his, and we'll uh, we'll get to know. Remind me, who won? Was it the Cowboys? 
I don't want to. Well, you know what? As a matter of fact, that because then I ended up uh, turning it into a written piece, and uh, maybe you could uh, put that back up on the okay, yeah. uh, on DaveDamashek.nfl.com, and we'll take a look at that. But uh, the best of all time is uh, by my evaluation. Should I Wait, just spill no, no, the beans no, 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 now? No, 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 no. Let, make them go. Because what it. I did was, I, you know how everybody loves to do brackets, like March Madness style brackets. Uh-huh. I don't like doing that. When I make these sorts of lists when they pertain to football, I like them to be using the NFL playoff system. So mm-hmm. I had division champions, two wild cards, and then I played out the playoff system. And uh, and that's all I'll say about that okay. until, we, uh, until we get Daniel Jeremiah on here. But in the meantime, let me say hello to you, seated to my immediate right, as always, from NFL.com, another scribe. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure. Congratulations feel- on Albert Pujols hitting a home run. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I was there. You were at the ball game. When, when he hit his first home run, I was there. We actually called the inning, and uh, my wife, Rosie McGee, she actually called that they were going to give him the uh, the cold shoulder, and the team actually ran into the, the clubhouse. So when Albert Pujols rounded the bases, Mike Trout was there to high-five him. Morales was on deck. Morales or Trumbo was on deck. And then the entire team was in the clubhouse. Isn't around. that charming? Well, they, they have a charming. lot of fun. They, well, they're going to have to figure out clever ways to have fun as the summer unfolds and yes. the Rangers get further and further the out of AL sight The AL West them. is done. So, all right. So, but, uh, hello to Adam Rank. And look who's joining us at the top of the show. We haven't had him on. It's been inconsistent. You would think summertime he'd have nothing to do. He could just jump into the podcast uh, whenever he wanted to. But apparently he's got his hands full. It's Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. What's the poop there, handsome Hank? Hi Dave, how are you? I'm, I'm honored to be here at the beginning of the sure, show. Sure, it's a pleasure to see you once again, and uh, there's lots to, to talk about, like I say, in the NFL and beyond. My, my first question is, though, you know, you put this Daniel Jeremiah, this new guy, you put his piece about the best divisions by quarterback up on the site. How come last summer when I did uh, a similar piece, you didn't put that up on the site? I, I think I did. I don't think you put that. I, I mean, don't that's think you... why everyone knows the answer to the question you you wrote at the t- you asked at the top of the show, which was what what who, who what what, what which team division, won? which which team has don't has play the best... games with me. You don't People come are in be here sitting and... there going, well, I know the answer to this. I read it last summer. I'll show NFL. you the com. door if this uh, patronizing <laughs> crap continues. In the meantime, feel the sting of the hand solo edition blaster. Ouch! Well, don't don't come in here with your garbage. All right, now, <laughs> sorry, Dave. That's all right. Now. Behind the glass there, black tie. We started a new segment. Oh, programming note quickly, though. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we're recording on Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, airs on NFL Network the latest installment of the top 100 players in the league going into 2012. You can watch that. And uh, on Wednesday's episode, they're going to get into 70 through – I almost said tackle. They're going to tackle <laughs> – I should say that, because yeah. is it too on the nose for a football show? I don't know. It's no. very Mike and Mike of you. Okay. They're going to tackle numbers 70 to 61 on their uh, on their cockamamie list, which Rank and I typically disagree with. Sometimes they get some right. This is voted on by the players. But we're going to end up – we're going to do our list. Because we have to one make of our, our own One list. of our readers uh, reached out to us via Twitter, and he's at Damashek, at Adam Rank, and at NFL UK Hank. You can reach us there. Somebody said we should come up with our own, and it's actually a really good point because right, it's, we easy, it's easy for us to sit here and bemoan like, oh, this should be 
We should do our own, really sit down, although this is the summer of rank is starting this week. I'm off this week, so don't expect it anytime soon. But that is something that we're going to have to do. I Maybe know, but the can... only problem is is that we can't really evaluate who's a good guard. That's a, t- that's a tough, tough call for us mm. to, to We can use what the list. experts say and go, I guess the best tackle should go here. Frank, we are the experts. That's what I always try to tell you. All right, so listen. So we're going to have that. On Wednesday on the network, and then right after that, Rank and I do our little podcast review of that uh, of that uh, seventy to sixty one. So be on the lookout for that again on iTunes. And we're probably going to end up having to do a part B. We're going to this will probably end up being part A of episode sixty seven, and then uh, part B will come out later in the week. So be on the lookout for all that stuff. In the meantime, black tie behind the glass. Last week you kicked off a brand new segment called The Blacklist. You just bring up issues related to football or not. Whatever strikes your fancy, we respond to it. Let's hear the new little theme song. The Blacklist. Black tie reads current events. The Blacklist. Damn it, check and rank if they're coming. The Blacklist. The Blacklist. Oh, yeah, nice work there by uh, the one-man house band Dick Banks. All right, Black tie, get into your uh, list here. All right, guys, this week, keeping it short, keeping it sweet. So uh, that's to you, Dan You, you can don't. keep it short and sweet. No. I don't care. That's not my way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, let's start it off. Reggie Bush had his most prolific season last year. This coming up in 2012, he says he wants to be the NFL leading rusher. So, guys, name two things more likely to happen. Actually, hashtag two things more likely to happen in the NFL next season. Hashtag, hashtag everything. Yeah. I got one. The St. Louis FC will retire the number of Dieter Brock. Ah, there he goes. He got a Dieter Brock reference <laughs> in. Rank now with the career total. If you're new to the podcast, we see who can organically reference the former L.A. Rams QB who took him to an NFC title game and lost in Soldier Field. Rank now, I think you're up five on me lifetime wow. for, for the first mention got of some Dieter work Brock to do. on the show. So, all right, there you go. So that's one you just named there, Handsome Hank. How do you do? You're our resident Dolphins fan. Uh, well, I, I, I think full marks to Reggie Bush for going out on a limb and saying that. Why wouldn't you say that? If you're a running back in the NFL, wouldn't you say you want to lead the league in rugby? No, because no, it's, he it's said not... that he's going to do it. No, I know it's aspirational. It's, it's great to, to be that way, but we were talking about it last week. And, you know, the, the, the response to Joe Flacco when he said, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL, was, and I was sort of, of I, I sort of liked where his head was. Like, well, yeah, you want your guy to be quarterback. But then Rank made a keen point, which is maybe Joe Flacco really believes that and then tries to make fl- throws he's not capable of making. But, but okay. Putting Should that Reggie aside, bl- Hugh, last year, you, I remember you guys last summer, Hugh Jackson said he wanted to lead the Raiders to the Super Bowl, or he didn't see why they why they shouldn't get to the Super Bowl, and you guys said, that's crazy talk. Yes. That's, and it was. That's his aim. And it was. But that should be his aim. That's as a coach, as a quarterback, as a running back, as anyone in sport. Yeah, but what, if, yeah, what you do know you want to do? I want to be better than everyone what else. What if Reggie Bush goes for 1,200 yards, though? Then his season, in our minds, will be sort of a failure because he didn't achieve will what he really, wanted to do. Will it really? I don't know. Well, that's, I'm just I'm holding him to the standard that he's laying out. On the other hand, I'm going to play devil's advocate against myself. Joe Philbin, you know, comes from Green Bay. Did any Packers running back, whoever the hell they may have been, did any of them look like they were going to lead the league in rushing? Yes, in, but in the Dolphins. Years? But keep in mind, the 2012 Dolphins don't have a wide receiver on their roster. I don't think, at least, or at least one <laughs> that I've never yeah. heard of. Before. How dare you? Well, what you want a hashtag? Here's Tannehill? one thing that's going to happen. Here, one thing this? that's going to happen. 
Hashtag Daniel Thomas will have more carries than Reggie Bush in 2012. The uh, the K State wow. kid from last year who had uh, some health troubles, he will now be in better health for that offense. And Reggie Bush will be first of all, he generally gets hurt, so yep. so you can probably guess that that's going to happen. And two, in that offense, he'll probably catch a lot more. Yep. He'll be he'll be used uh, as a pass catcher mm-hmm. because, like I say, they don't have anyone else to catch passes. So uh, so I'm going to go with that. Poor Ryan Tannehill. They also, or David Garrard. He's going to be catching Matt the Moore. ball from Matt Moore, Ryan Tannehill. He'll be fine. <laughs> that is the receiver. Yeah, not bad. They also have Lamar Miller at running back, too, a guy who people were very high on who speculated that he could go in the first round. Fell to them in, I believe, the third round. Correct. So they have another running back there. Hey, Reggie, but how about you just worry about like a team goal? And I know it's one thing to be – if he leads the league in rushing, I don't see how that's beneficial. How about you want to get the Dolphins back to the playoffs? Wait, wait a second. I don't think don't don't go too hard on Reggie Bush. He's got a terrible reputation because he played in in college here in Los Angeles, and suddenly he was a. If he'd been so that Darren, wait, if he'd been Darren McFadden in Arkansas and just getting on with his business, people would have just thought he was a good running back. But because he was in, does LA, Darren McFadden date a Kardashian? That 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 comes with the territory. That's what happens if you live in LA. You've, you, I, ooh, a new word, there. a new word. We've I love to hear there. handsome Hank say. Which one? Territory. We, we all we all end up dating a Kardashian in LA. Oh. I mean that's that's how it goes. We uh, do. Dave's been there. Rank's been there. I know I have. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Is that right? Good, well, good for you guys. Court, <laughs> yeah, they, they, Courtney was my gal. But but you. no. But seriously, I think you know Reggie Bush has got a bad rap. He's from everything you heard about him in Miami last year. He was he was a leader for the team. All right, you know, listen, he, was, he had he a great year, and no he surprise to me. He was a leader. When that team was you know, in the tank through the first seven I weeks said, of the season, he was the one trying to lead them out of it. Hey, that. Handsome, I, you know, listen, for the, for the record, if you recall, in 2011, Dan Mishik was touting right. the name Reggie Bush. I said he's going to take off. He started out sluggishly, but then was terrific, you know, it's, okay. because the team was so lousy by that point and was rendered irrelevant. But, uh, you know, he had a great probably final – at least half season, yeah. if not the final ten games, he was terrific. So who was healthy. I just shouting angrily at then? I don't know. <laughs> well, so what just were the things? I'm just so telling had... you, I think that the, the, that uh, Daniel so Thomas is going to come thing. on and Reggie Bush is going to return to form, which is right. injury. Right. Go ahead, Black Tie, number two. You guys did an awesome job of keeping that tight and short, by the way. Don't that be sarcastic. Great. No one's great. interested. I don't, in think your, that's, I don't think you're sincere. All right, um, next one. Bears quarterback, Jay Cutler. Doesn't like his offensive line. His voice is concerned. He says they need to figure things out. So my question to you is, which other aspiring Super Bowl contenders have serious hashtag concerns in 2012, and what are they? Well, everybody has. Uh, yeah. there, there is no such thing as a flawless team in the NFL at this point with free agency. Not uh, not at uh, not in this era. I think the closest team too flawless would be the Packers but I mean they've got a lot of questions with Nick Collins they released mm-hmm. him outright a couple weeks ago that secondary isn't really fixed although they did uh, they, at least they should have fixed the front seven it looks on paper like they did with the draft but uh, you know everybody's I think I think the Steelers are going to be in some trouble this year in their secondary um, unless the the young kids that they drafted two years ago not in 2012 but in this uh, in 2011 unless some of those kids rise up I think the Steelers 
Steelers are really going to get punished in the secondary. We could go down the list. Everybody has, uh, like I say, everybody has a severe flaw. You know, the 49ers, they didn't have a great draft, and they still have Alex Smith, or is it Colin Kaepernick? I wouldn't be surprised if Smith starts out poorly in the first month, if we see Kaepernick uh, get a crack at some point. Like I say, we can go on down the list there, but who stands out to you, Rank? The Falcons really should have a concern about Matt Ryan because this is a team that's made the playoffs, but when they've gotten to the playoffs, they've lost in horrific fashion. Matt Ryan has really looked terrible in those games. He looked awful against the Packers. He was miserable against the Giants. The Falcons have done a lot to improve their defense. They've surrounded him with a lot of great weapons. Their biggest concern to me would be, can Matt Ryan actually lead this team to a victory in the playoffs? I'll tell you another team that's uh, that's looking pretty flawless these days, too, in spite of the fact they're not having a great running back. They never run the ball anyway. The New England Patriots fix that defense. It mm-hmm. feels like they may, now they have some playmakers, and they have uh, I think they have 117 wide receivers right. on the roster now. So one of those, a, a few of those guys are likely to emerge, and Wes Welker back in the fold, too. Handsome Hank, anyone jump out at you? I was as- going um, hashtag coaching concerns for the Saints, who you know re- realistically shouldn't be too far off the Super Bowl, but they, they clearly have um, some holes in their coaching staff that, are, that they're going to need to fill up. All right. I also hashtagged mine. Very black nice. Tie. You're playing by Black Tie's yep. silly rules. All right, Black Tie, number three. Number three, as you guys know, the EPL ended this past weekend. It, was it did? Big. It was huge. Yeah, I we know. Got, I know you guys are watching. The English Seriously. And it, it ended? Yes. So they had their version of the Super? Oh, no, they don't have a playoff. No, they don't. So Either it was their way. last regular season game. Yes. Anyway, rank. So, my Manchester United team, we were right there about to win the title again. And with two minutes left, Manchester City, pretty much L.A. Clippers to Manchester United's L.A. Lakers, scored two goals in the last two minutes and steal the title away from us. Is that real? That is real. This is a true story. How come we didn't hear about this? Thing? Are you kidding me? It was all over the place. I, it was it was <laughs> exhilarating. Even though I don't – the thing I find I'm not even... horribly – the thing I find uh, uh, anticlimactic is the – uh, what are the, is it extra time that they call it or bonus time? Uh, injury time. Injury, injury time. time. Injury time. I don't understand why they can't put post on the scoreboard a fixed number that we would know. Why does why does the referee? Why does it have to be a mystery? How much time's left? No one in the stadium knows how much time. It's, it's cockamamie. I, I can't stand that. But it's kind of charming, it was, though. It was very exciting. That's for sure. Right. The two goals. Yeah, it was. It sucked for me. Most exciting right. soccer game I've yeah. seen since uh, the one that, that the Allied prisoners played. The POWs played in uh, against the the Nazis in yep. victory. All right, so uh, my question to you guys then is, what's the hashtag best ever comeback you ever witnessed in sports? I was at the one that I that I will say. I was at uh, Game 6 of the 2002 World Series. I was at that one, too. Yeah, Angels down 5 to nothing, And it was weird because you wouldn't know if you watched the team's current uh, roster that the, the, the 2002 club was actually very clutch. Rallied a lot. The whole rally monkey. Scott Spezio, right? Spezio hit the three. You know, when Spezio hit that three-run home run, it seemed a fait accompli that the comeback was going to happen. Even though it was only 5-3, to three, you realize this game's over. Even the Giants fans, the very few who were there, you could see it in their face like, oh, no, this is happening. It's it's not going to work out. And one of the and, – you know, and I grew up as a guy who watched the 86 collapse, the 82 collapse – to finally us to be on the other side in a game and to actually be there was something I'll never forget. 
And uh, that would be well. Enjoy that because for the next decade you are going to suffer for this horrific uh, Al Pujols contract. So hold on to that memory dearly, <laughs> handsome Hank. How say you? I well, I was going to say the same as Rank, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> but he took that one. So uh, I've got a couple. People in England must react the same way that he just did to the EPL, right. like. What? Anaheim? <laughs> what, what, is is the, Anaheim? what is an Anaheim? That's, that's what not minor an, what league is, system is this? What is really? Anaheim? Like, so nobody in England knows where Disneyland is. Uh, true. Good point. No, um, they just assume it's in Los Angeles or Hollywood. So I would, I would go hashtag fake spike, uh, Marino fake spike, but also uh, I'm going to be even more obscure than, than TD's original one and go with a, a, a World Cup cricket semifinal game that I was at between South Africa Ugh. and Australia. Are you kidding a me? A fantastic finish. Couldn't I mean, it, it's probably the most exciting... Well, I'm saying it right now. It's the most exciting sports finish I've seen. I'm hearing some crickets. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you would be. Well, uh, the best comeback, you can't... Uh, hard to argue against. Although, the, in these NBA playoffs, we've seen some pretty nifty comebacks, but I guess that's pretty uh, much... Uh, par for the course in the NBA that uh, teams overcome these 20-point deficits and then the announcers say, I've never seen anything like that Happens in the like. last 48 hours. But <laughs> my personal favorite, of course, uh, in uh, game one of the 1992 Stanley Cup Finals, the Chicago Blackhawks had won eight straight games and were a, a dynamic defensive club. They were going up against the Penguins' uh, offensive juggernaut. The Blackhawks jumped to 3-0 and 4-1 leads but uh, but the Penguins came back and uh, capped it with 66 Lemieux's goal with 12 seconds left on the clock. The place went bonkers. It looked like people were jumping up in their seats collectively. 17,000 people jumped up, did a somersault in the air, and then landed <laughs> back on their feet. It was pandemonium. It was glorious. The greatest comeback though is uh, the Bills. The Bills are the yeah, yeah, that's the best one, right? That's uh, most. That's uh, the right answer. We yeah. tried to. I was watching game. that game with an Oilers fan, so it was <laughs> even. <laughs> it was even more hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Are we doing any no NBA talk, Black Tie? I thought that's your passion. Eh, nothing really. You don't want to. Talk, there's nothing going on in the NBA. Nah. Can I say one thing about the NBA before we move on? I, I, it occurred to me that the LA Lakers are the most unlikable collection of players in recent memory. Kobe Bryant at the top of it, you know, he's their star, but he's got the chip on his shoulder, you know, growing up in a, having, having an unusual childhood, probably living abroad, the Shaq stuff. And then of course the, uh, probably unfairly uh, got charged with the stuff in Denver and all that stuff combines for a perfect storm to make this sort of chip on the shoulder guy who seems Phony, and he seems like he's doing. Uh, for the last fifteen years, I feel like I've been watching a Michael Jordan impression in personality. I mean, and the the, the way he conducts himself, just it, it, there's something about. Totally it that, agree with you. That's something unseemly totally. about him. I, you know, I think he's a dynamite player, and I think if he can get one more, and maybe even if he doesn't get one more ring, might. You know, really be the one A to Michael Jordan. I think that they do deserve to be held, uh, you know, in, in, on the same level. Disagree but, there. But wait, yeah. what? But I do think that, but that's totally a conversation disagree. for another time. Yeah. Con- that's a conversation for another time. But then you have the petulant and cuckoo Andrew Bynum, who seems to not recognize that he's whatever. What is he? Twenty four and in Los Angeles, 
and potentially the linchpin to the L.A. Lakers and seems completely devoid of any pleasure in his life. So he's a creep. <laughs> Pal Gasol is the biggest whiner I've ever seen. Every time he touches the basketball, if it doesn't wind up in two points, it winds up with him making that, that, that hand gesture that European guys it's make European much more thing. like, oh, what, the, what are you talking about? I know that's an Italian he's thing. Italian? But, oh, with the with the cry face. Oh, the cry face constantly at the referees. He's unlikable with that. Plus, he's soft, half the games he plays. And then you have the criminally insane uh, piece. So this this team has no one to root for. The team everybody should be rooting for, at least intellectually. The decision by LeBron got gets in the way of the greatness of his decision to join forces with the proletariat named Bosch and Dwayne Raid and and circumvent the man. He's not playing by the bourgeoisie's rules. This is, you know, the 99%ers should all be excited about this. This what? is this is this is this is a statement for our times. Don't you see what they did? They're not listening to what the man's rules say. They say we're not doing that. We're the working class. We're going to band together and we're going to win championships on our terms. That's what I like about that team. Thank Hank, you. Hank, I'll get this one. Okay. What? That's I, I said. What, I said what needed to be said. The, the LeBron James and Dwayne Wade—they are the one percent of the NBA, and now they're out to crush all these other the ninety-nine percent of the rest of the NBA. They want to bankrupt franchises. They want to destroy cities like Minnesota or Minneapolis and all these other teams because they want to just. We'll get all the one percent together and we'll make our little dream team out here. We should be rooting against these people. If you are an American, you yeah. should be rooting if, against LeBron. If LeBron, if LeBron would have said instead of saying I'm taking my talents to South Beach, if he's saying I'm going to occupy South Beach with a couple of my <laughs> with a couple of uh, of of uh, my fellow proletariat members, I think America would be behind this one. Please say, you know, and what, also the Spurs. I can't bring myself. That's an intellectual decision. I can't. My heart uh, doesn't uh, lean that way. But mm. what uh, you know, once again, it it really is the most unloved but most deserving team. I don't. I don't is, it just is Tim Duncan is vanilla. That's all there is. Yeah. To it, right. There's nothing. There's nothing about that team that you would even. I but, don't know. but it really is a shame that th- that that they've been on the run. They've been on the the uh, you know the thirteen fourteen year run that they've been on as a franchise, and yet no one ever talks about them no one cares about them everyone in america is going to be rooting for the clippers and it's sort of a shame although i'll be rooting for the clippers all right black tie so uh so what's next is that it for the blacklist this that week? is it for the blacklist but we do have daniel jeremiah he's ready to go all right is he on the phone no he's in studio I'm oh he's coming it, in studio wait, in what? the studio 66 oh mm-hmm. wonderful all right uh, has he been waiting this whole in. time yep Oh, he's in Studio 66? Well, then, excellent. Let's meet our newest colleague here at uh, NFL Network, NFL.com. Handsome Hank, if you want to stick around, you're welcome to. That's very kind of Wow, you, wait a no, second. This Daniel Jeremiah is an American version of Handsome Hank. You two look alike. <laughs> look at these two, Rank. Am wow. I crazy how much they look alike? This is That's like insane. one of those Disney movies where they realize, oh, wait, we, we have the same father. These <laughs> twins, these guys are twins. They were the two handsome devils who uh, who got the shaft in that Facebook movie. 
<laughs> is that right? This is exactly what this looks like. Well, listen. Hello, Daniel Jeremiah. How are you? Welcome uh, to to the NFL. I'm doing good. I do have Welsh heritage, though, so I don't know if that's going to create some kind of friction. It's going to be fine. Here, <laughs> it's going to be but, uh, fine. <laughs> it's right. You, maybe you, may, who knows what happened? Could be. I mean, and you separated, <laughs> but maybe you guys are going to have prove to have the exact same mannerisms. Right. Isn't this eerie? Am I crazy? I How much they look? You're making this sound like it's like the parent trap or something. Like <laughs> yes, that. it kind of is. All right, then let me get hung up on that. Daniel Jeremiah, you come to the NFL. You were a scout for three teams in the NFL. Quickly, what uh, what tell tell everybody those three teams? Yeah, I worked four years with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, took a promotion to go to the Cleveland Browns. Eh, maybe not the best decision. Then after the Eric Mangini bomb exploded in Cleveland, uh, I took a year out, did media stuff. And then I uh, got opportunity to go with the Eagles, so I was there for two two years, and then uh, decided I, that media life that you guys live sounded too good, so I decided. Wow, to that's <laughs> awesome! Well, first of all, that's an oxymoron to say that you went from any NFL team and got a promotion to the Cleveland yeah, Browns. It seems like oh, stop. it's the opposite. But uh, so the so well, listen, I'm a uh, I'm born and bred uh, Pittsburgh, PA. So perhaps you and I have a rivalry, or did, or were well, you I, the the Baltimore side of me has a rivalry with you. The Cleveland side of me just wants to avoid you altogether. That's but, good for you. Good for you for saying that. I often often tell Cleveland people that Browns fans will come up to me and say, oh, hey, hey, you and I can't get along, right? And I'll say, why is that? And they'll say, I'm from Cleveland. I'm a Browns fan. And I'll say, well, I, I, you know, as Don Draper said uh, to uh, to the new uh, copywriter in uh, Mad Men this week, the, the guy said to him, I feel sorry for you. And Don Draper responded, I don't think about you at all. <laughs> that's, that's what I say about Browns fans. I don't think about you in the least. Baltimore has my attention. So, all right, are you a Baltimore guy? or No, I grew up in San Diego. So I grew, ah. grew up in San Diego. Brett Favre just fell down behind you, by the way. Hope oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Fancy <laughs> Studio right. 66. Exactly. But uh, no, I grew we up in San Diego. No went to college back east. Went to Appalachian State. So... Uh, and kind of. You uh, said I love the San Diego weather. Everything about San Diego is great, but I'm going to move across the country. Boone, North Carolina, man, it's a new happening place. <laughs> <laughs> so you're too. Yeah, you, you clearly are a young guy, but you're you were you're not so young that you were there for the big upset of uh, Michigan, no, right? You know, I, I was actually. It's kind of a. It's tough for me, the Michigan win, because I was there, I played quarterback there. We beat Wake Forest twice, which they actually used to talk about, you know, for several years. And then they beat Michigan, and it's like, you know, Wake Forest <laughs> wasn't a big win anymore, you know. I mean, come on, Michigan, Wake Forest, I mean, both perennial football powers and all. But uh. How cool. So you go from being a quarterback in college, and then you get to be a scout. How does how does one find their way into that line of work? Well, I mean, it's everybody says uh, it's all who you know, not what you know. And, and my brother, uh, his college roommate was a scout with the Ravens, and I was working as a production assistant with, with ESPN on Sunday Night Football right out of college, and I ran into him in, the, in a press box, and he just asked me, hey, would you ever be interested in scouting? I thought, yeah, you know, get in my car and drive all over the place and not see my family. Yeah, that sounds like a good career move. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it wasn't the best move, but that's how that's how it all happened. Wow, how cool. And what is your – what would you hold up as your one or maybe your three or four greatest uh, guys who you found, diamonds in the rough, and uh, maybe uh, some mistakes? Well, I, I can pinpoint my, my, my favorite player that I've had a part in bringing to a team and, and the least favorite, the guy that's been the biggest bust in the same draft in Cleveland – uh, we took Bo Bell in the fourth round. Injuries, he was never the same. And he's he's covering, uh, he's playing a heck of a lot of good football for the Spokane Shock, I believe is what they're called. <laughs> but, uh, he's so that, from UNLV, right? Yes, yes. And, he, I, you know, I liked him in college. but He uh, was know, good, yeah. I, I missed on that one. And then uh, in that same draft, though, we got a top of Ruben in the sixth round, who I think is one of the best young interior D linemen in, in the league. So Cleveland, I kind of I feel like I gave him a little something, and then I probably <laughs> took a little something from him from my from my time there. 
All right. Well, let's get into um, well and uh, welcome to NFL.com and NFL Network. And uh, we call these digs here Studio 66 in honor of uh, Mario Lemieux, um, the greatest uh, player to ever play the sport of uh, NHL hockey. But uh, you ranked the best divisions in the NFL for 2012 by quarterback. And uh, let's go through your list here. You say that the NFC South has the best collection of quarterbacks and rank. I know you just mentioned it uh, five minutes ago, and I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm not a huge Matt Ryan fan, but you have him ranked right behind Drew Brees, the second-best quarterback in the NFC South. Talk about it. Well, I I just think that's the water under the bridge that he has, the career he's established. I mean, you can look at his postseason failure all you want. That's, That's relevant, obviously, but he's been incredibly consistent for four years, put up consistent numbers. Um, and I, I think he's a really good player. He doesn't have big-time top arm strength, and, and that's been exposed in the postseason. But I think he's been consistent through all 16 games. I think he's going to get over the hump in the postseason. I, I think when you look at their team, they need to get better up front on both sides. And if they do that, I think Matt Ryan's reputation will change, even though I don't th- see he, he really has to do anything different to change that reputation. And then you have Josh Freeman in fourth there behind Cam Newton. Cam Newton, obviously, don't have to talk about uh, mm-hmm. what he did in his rookie season. Josh Freeman. I think is, uh, you know, it's not diminishing him to say he's the fourth best quarterback in that division. But with the new pieces, the new weapons, I think that, uh, that, I mean, it it seems like I thought I was going to be uh, uh, clever by saying that I think the Buccaneers have a chance to win that division. But it seems like over the last couple weeks, a lot of people are on board with that one. Do you think that uh, Freeman takes off? Do you think that Buccaneers team takes a run at the division crown? I'm more confident that Freeman's going to have a great year than I am to say that the Bucs are going to be able to climb through that division, which is obviously very tough. But I just think Freeman, I know I have good buddies down at IMG that, that have been working with him, and he's lost a bunch of weight. They, they told me he's been throwing it better than he ever has. He's totally focused on everything. And, and when, when you look at his first two years the way he played, I mean, it was just like his career was you know, on a rocket ship. And then last year he had the blip. I think he was out of shape. I think the team around him stunk. I think the coaching has obviously changed, so there's, a, you know, there's some blame to be placed there. So I, I think it's all set up for Freeman to have a good year, and I believe in him. That's why I like that that conference. Although the AFC, the NFC North has those three big-time guys, I, I just thought the fourth one with Ponder, I thought the gap between Freeman mm-hmm. and Ponder, uh, f- for me, is mm-hmm. pretty sizable. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Freeman. Yeah, well, if Freeman can go back to what he did back in 2010, he only had six interceptions. And then last year, you know, he blew up. And, again, you can blame it on coaching or whatever. Now he's going to probably – they're going to run the ball a little bit better this year. They've, he's got some big-time receivers. Josh Freeman is a guy to certainly watch. I think he's on the rise. I actually – if I was if, – if you put me on the spot and I had to have or rank those four quarterbacks, I'd actually put Ryan at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I think the other three guys are better than he yeah. is. I uh, You have the NFC East uh, collectively at number three in your rankings, and you go Eli Manning one, Romo two, Vic three, RG three, four. I go uh, – Tony Romo, we've actually talked about that. In that division, which QB, if you had to take one of the – if you had to rank those QBs over the next five years, mm-hmm. I would put Tony Romo fourth out of that group um, uh, in terms of guys I'd like to have. What, what, what's the explanation for Romo? And, and by the way, let me also say that I say that the Dallas Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year, mm-hmm. um, gambling on Romo and his receivers' health and for once being able to stay on the field for the full season. Um, that being said, Romo, in this era when you get basically 30 minutes under center to prove that you are worthy of a starting job, what to what is owed Tony Romo keeping that starting job for half a dozen years now? 
Um, I, I, I like Romo personally. I think playing against him is a challenge, and, and I think his ability to extend the play uh, is as good as anybody out there. I think he has all the tools. I, I think – you know, you hear some stuff about him as a leader, this, that, or the other. From talking to people around there, they, they really feel good about him in that area. I think the question when you have with Tony Romo has been his health. And I think that's, for me, when I rank this list, I put Vic behind Romo because I wasn't comparing 16 games of Romo to 16 games of Vic. I'm comparing 16 games of Romo to 12 games of Vic and four games of Trent Edwards, you know, what, what it would end up being. So that's why, you know, Vic's a little bit down on that list. But personally, I think Romo I think Romo is one of the more talented guys in the league. He just doesn't have, again, with Matt Ryan, doesn't have that postseason, you know, resume yet. And I think that this might be the year they do it. But he was undrafted. How does something how does something like that happen with the advancements that we've made in scouting where it seems like, you know, you can you can pretty much watch any college football team you want to see. Mm-hmm. How does he fall even even though he was a small a small school quarterback? You know, I didn't have to do him. I was out on the West Coast, so I didn't evaluate him as a college player. My only recollection of him is at the combine they have what they call combine arms. So mm-hmm. you have the quarterbacks there to work out. Then you have the three or four combine arms that are just there to throw to the receivers. And I remember him just kind of standing up. That guy throws throw the ball pretty good down there. Not bad. But, you know, it's just a one, it was a 1AA school. He doesn't have size. Um, I don't know. remember what his you know private workouts would have been like, but I know he was a productive college player, and obviously it's it's a black eye in scouting that he went undrafted. Who was that? Who was that? Because Sean Payton went to the same school and, and basically oh, saw yeah. him, but, and that but, was how he got how he got. Yeah, that guy. Well, that's that guy, the story. That that's the story that was out there. But I mean, he got twenty five thousand dollars to sign, which might not sound like much, but for an undrafted free agent, that's a huge amount of money. Right. I mean, in Baltimore, you got Priest Holmes for five hundred bucks. So <laughs> this guy, there was a lot of teams that were trying trying to sign right. Romo. It wasn't just like the Cowboys pulled out one player that nobody in the whole world knew about. It, there was demand for his services after the draft. How does that work? Now, you were with the Ravens at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that you there's a guy that people like and everybody's going to go after in the undraft. Why didn't you just draft him in the seventh round? Well, there's somebody else you like better. And one interesting thing we did in Baltimore when I was there and in Philadelphia, they both did studies, and we looked at it. The guy that you pay $25,000 to is no more likely to make your team than the guy you pay 500 bucks to. So in Baltimore, we had a $1,000 limit. So we, we you talk about having to be a tough recruit. I mean, you got to recruit your butt off. You're like, hey, man, you can take 25000 from them, but you're not going to make their team. We have one fullback. You're a fullback. You make our team. That's a $300,000 decision. So you're going to pass that up for twenty four grand. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that goes on after the draft that nobody ever sees right. or talks about. But it's constantly, you know, we'd, we'd go get our head coach on the phone, you know. He's like, oh, that's cool talking to your head coach, man, but 1000 bucks? What am I supposed to do with 1000 bucks, man? So, <laughs> that, <laughs> is, that is a pretty big drop-off. Uh, yeah. from, I, I think this is the big moment. That's all what I've been <laughs> yeah. working towards, yeah. getting drafted. Like, wait, I get 500 bucks? Yeah. This stinks. <laughs> but now, you, speaking of stinking, you have as the worst division among quarterbacks, the NFC West. Everybody uses them as a punchline. We've been talking about the fact that we think that they're going to uh, that, that that collectively those teams are going to be much improved. The Niners, Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. And you have of the four QBs in that division, mm-hmm. Matt Flynn, and I assume you're also lumping in Tavares Jackson and uh, um, Russell, and now Russell Wilson as a part. Of now that uh, Pete Carroll says that he's you know a viable choice as the starting QB this year. So you basically are saying that those are the worst QBs then. Well, I mean, they're, they're in that division. I mean, obviously the worst. I mean, I have to rack my brain and think of anybody around the league. I mean, Gabbert's he's competing for that title. If he Do you think Blaine Gabbert – well, you know, I don't want to jump around, but Blaine Gabbert, though, 
I have a hunch. You want to you want a diamond in the rough. You want to hear Damashek make a fantasy prediction. Maybe not. It won't uh, translate into wins for the Jags. I think Blaine Gabbert's going to have a good year in in fantasy at least. All of a sudden, he's got some halfway decent wide receivers down there. Obviously, he's got a running game. Second year, just because he didn't do what Roethlisberger, uh, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan did in their rookie years, doesn't mean we can just throw him out, right? I mean, isn't no, there a chance that this kid's going to pan out? He's got ability, but you know, I've I've always done all the quarterbacks, you know, the draftable guys since I've been in the league. That's just been kind of my position that I've that I've been assigned. And with him, he does one thing that drives me nuts and it's really hard to overcome is his eye level drops. And when he, there's a pass rush and you see a quarterback whose eye level drops and he notices what's coming at him, that is hard to untrain a guy to get out of that. And Meaning that he's more concerned yes, with who's coming to get so him than much finding change, There's so much change going on in the secondary and rotations and this, you know, sight adjustments and routes. If you're looking at what's coming at you, you got no shot. You have to have, be able to see around the house, you know, to see the backyard. And, and he, uh, he has not proven he can do that. That scares me. And there's no way to coach around that, basically, like get some guts. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no way to... Uh, sort of drill somebody, drill that sort of thing I mean, out I think, of somebody. I think you can just constantly remind them of it, but I mean, it's not it's not something that's easily done. My grandfather took me. I I was scared of the baseball in little league, and uh, and so he took a tennis ball and threw it at me. And then you know sometimes they'd go at your head, and when you realize, oh, I can probably get out, get out of the way of that you get out. There's no football equivalent for that's that. That's better than him throwing a bowling ball at you to teach you that lesson. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, and uh, but in the NFC West, who do you think? going to get that Seahawks gig I love Russell Wilson coming out man and it goes against everything that you've ever been told you know he's five foot ten and it can't be done he can't do it and I'm just telling you I watch tape after tape after tape and I'm like God, this guy's pretty good man I said you know after the draft I, I did some predictions for the site and I said he's going to be the change of pace quarterback of in vogue in 2012 not Tim Tebow this guy can actually play yeah I, I thought with us in Philadelphia he made a lot of sense for us because you have, you know, Vic's going to, you know, most years going to miss two, three, four games. He's the perfect guy to come in and do that. Um, and uh, one last thing, we had uh, Charlie Casserly in here a couple weeks ago, and we're talking about the contenders in the AFC. And the Texans on paper seem to be, in spite of the, the, the name losses that they had, seem to be at the top of a lot of people's lists, including mine. They should they should certainly win that crummy division. But the question is that I asked him and I ask you, Matt Schaub, everybody has sort of assumed because he had a couple of big statistical years there and then the injury last year, and then they still they, – they really should have won that game in Baltimore um, in the playoff game in spite of T.J. Yates being under center. But in your opinion, Matt Schaub, good enough to get to a Super Bowl? I think with the with a normal team, maybe not. I really believe in this Texans team talent-wise. I think up front. Still on, in spite of the losses. You know, I think they're loaded. I think they're absolutely loaded. They, they. I mean, J.J. Watt, I mean, all this attention is going on J, on Pierre Paul, who's a freak, and Alden Smith's a freak, but I mean, J.J. Watt is big time. And you put him, then you got Brooks Reed, and now you've got, um, what's the, they're like the Caucasian invasion off the edge, man. they got all these white, <laughs> defensive, all these white, all these white defensive ends over there, but they, uh, they are really good up front, man. They whipped, I mean, Baltimore is physical. That's one thing they've always been. And you watch that playoff game, they got whipped. They dominated them. They were grinding yeah. them. And, in fact, I always say, if you watch the last few minutes of that game, that last drive that the Texans had the ball, if Yates just doesn't try to force that deep ball that Ed Reed picks off and ends the game, 
I think that they could have just stayed on the ground with Foster and just ground and yep. just uh, yep. pounded it until they crossed uh, the goal line. Yeah, you got a premier receiver, you got running backs, you got you know offensive line solid. I, I don't think the bar is set that high for Shop. I, I think he can climb over what it will take mm-hmm. for him to win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think he needs to be you know Aaron Rodgers to ask what he's had to do. I do think he needs to do a little bit more than maybe Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer did. You know, I think the bar is a little bit higher right. than that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's he's capable. And uh, last summer, we talked about it earlier, um, we put together our list, not just of ranking the quarterbacks by division for 2012, but we did it for all of time. The, 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 the teams that had the best quarterbacks in history, and uh, we had a little uh, playoffs and everything, and, and Rank's going to put that up on uh, Dave Damashek or uh, I'm sorry, Black Tie will put that up on DaveDamashek.nfl.com. I'll have you. Uh, I'll, I'll thank you to review these uh, real quick here, mm-hmm. Daniel Jeremiah. But in your opinion, who do you think? What team? What franchise has had the most great quarterbacks? I had it like this. I'll just I'll spill the beans for mm-hmm. everybody listening. The NFC Championship game came down to the 49ers and the Packers. The Niners had, uh, like we say, Joe Montana, Steve Young. John Brody was good. Jeff Garcia had his moments. Y.A. Tittle, not his greatest moments in uh, 49ers, but a pretty good collection against the Packers. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Bart Starr. That's their trio of QBs. Awesome. And Lynn Dickey had his moments, too. And then uh, Don Mikowski also with some moments. That's your title game in the NFC. And then the Chargers and Colts. That was a, more of an upset, I feel mm. like. Who would have seen the uh, the the Chargers coming there? But Dan Fouts, Phil Rivers, John Hadle. They had Drew Brees for a little while. Stan Humphreys got him to a Super Bowl. Colts had Johnny U, Peyton Manning, Burt Jones, who was very good. Earl Morrill, who got him to a Super Bowl. And, uh, and then Jim Harbaugh had a, a nice little run there. That was your championship game. I had it. The Chargers and the uh, – I'm sorry, I had it. The, the Packers and the Colts and the Packers with the greatest QBs in NFL history. How say you, Daniel Jeremiah? I can't argue that. I mean, when you look at that, I grew up in San Diego, and, and seeing Stan Humphrey's name on here always puts a smile on my face. <laughs> but, 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 uh, yeah, I'll tell you, that name doesn't put a smile on my face because I was in Three Rivers Stadium uh, yes, in January of 95 yes. and watched down. him throw the Dan touchdown pass to Do- Tony Martin with eight minutes left in the game, and yep. they couldn't overcome that. What an awful Super Bowl that made for America to have to watch them get <laughs> destroyed by the uh, I'll tell you, by those nine. I'll tell you when I look at this though, what sticks out to me is the luck of the Ursays. Yeah, I mean, when you think about this, I mean, yeah, you get you get all those years. What probably fifteen years out of Johnny U, you get fifteen years, fourteen, fifteen years out of Peyton Manning, and now you're going to get fourteen, fifteen yeah. years out of this kid. And they had John Elway. That and was Gary actually as well. But Carol right. Rosenblum had uh, had Johnny U. Oh, okay, there you go. There you go. Oh. But I mean the, the you know the, the organization. Look who's showing up our new colleague. Hey. Well, because you know, well, hey, no. I'm rank. I, I I've heard no, some no, no. things about you, Danny, but <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm still the cock of the walk around here's, these parts. Here's my thing. No, if the St. Louis FC can now retire numbers of L.A. Rams, that when that franchise moves back, like, well, then why don't we get the Super Bowl Five trophy? That was Carol Rosenblum's trophy. Let's hire. Let's put Johnny Unitas's number in the rafters because he played for him. So that's the point I was making. Oh, tell. Grandstanding I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to. All right, you're going to have to get used to this, uh, Daniel <laughs> Jeremiah. Thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, and are you going to? So are you settling in LA then? No, I, li- I I live just about an hour and forty five minutes away from here in Temecula, so I've lived there for the last six. Ah. Seven years. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, you'll Cruise find your it. way into Studio sixty six at some point bring in, me the in the future for the, for the soccer segment next time. I really would like to get in on that. You know, I, can, the, I, I hope I, you're you being facetious. I can name like three guys, man. I could go on for hours <laughs> on Messi. You know, I still, yeah, somebody, I've heard of him. Yeah. I know Lionel Messi. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah, I didn't even know. His, I didn't know his first name, so you got me beat. Beckman. 
He's good. Oh yeah, he was on our team, the LA Galaxy. Champions. Backman. I don't know. Now see, this is this is uh, Beckham. This is Beckham. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I think you said Todd Beckham. Beckham. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was Jerome Barkham of the uh, New York Jets, the tight end. Who's Same the Pauly Shore looking circle. guy? I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a soccer player again. Landon Donovan. Pauly Shore, good call though. I like that. Landon Donovan <laughs> looks like Pauly Shore. A little bit. I don't see that. Not one. the long hair Pauly Shore. Not like the Encino man Pauly Shore. More like the modern, yeah. day. modern day. Pauly. Modern day. Yeah. All right. Listen. On that note, Daniel Jeremiah, pleasure and uh, best wishes here at the NFL Network. Thanks, anything guys. you need, if you need any help with anything, Handsome Hank and uh, and Rank are here to help you. Out. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. There he goes. The uh, I find him to be a swell fellow. He is. He's that from. Was great. He lives in Temecula, only minutes from my hometown of Corona, California. Oh, you two should get together. Except well, that you have on. to insult him. It was more I important for ins- you to crack I lies. I, well, of course. And now he's a, you've you've already made another enemy. Yeah, of course, for no well, good you reason. You know what? I'm going to take him to Miguel's Junior in Corona. I'm going to get him a yeah. See, he's giving me the thumbs up as he's walking out, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to hang out. We're going to be best of friends. All he right. can be friends with the Inland Emperor. I mean, that, that's what everyone wants. <laughs> All right, so that'll take care of uh, of today's uh, episode, part A of uh, of the uh, of episode number sixty seven. On Wednesday, of course, the top 100 players in the NFL, our reaction show to that. And then on Thursday, we're going to we're gonna do our second debate. We did a debate last week. We did Lemieux versus Gretzky. Now we're going to do this week. We're going to do uh, whether, whether or not Peyton Manning can lead the Broncos to an AFC West division crown. We're going to debate that one. And on, you'll uh, have Kelly Tripuka here. And that'll be up on uh, Thursday's show, I believe. In the meantime, real quick, like we do. Uh, we name what player in football, nay, sports history, wore the episode number best. 67, Slim Pickens. Russell Gary Mar- Dunn. Russell G- Maryland. Russell Maryland. Russell, hmm? There was uh, Reggie McKenzie, the uh, the offensive lineman for the Bills. And uh, who else was there? Bob Kuchenberg. Cooch. Oh, how did you forget Cooch on the Dolphins yeah. there, Cooch. handsome? Um, and you had Francisco Cordova. I think he pitched. Uh, wow. I th- he was part of a no hitter by committee for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was, I remember. Yeah, there was Gary Dunn. Like I say, he was a he wait. Was that a, you remember a defensive tackle for the uh, for the Steelers for a while. I'm inclined to give it to him. I think I should give it to no, him. No, Cooch. Um, there's a what was the guy's name? There was a 67 on the Florida Panthers back in the uh, what was his name? Michael. Uh, what was his name? All right, he's obviously not good enough to to get it, no matter what. <laughs> so, what are we? Is it is it Cooch? Are we going to give uh, tip of the hat to Handsome Hank's team here? Give it yeah, to Cooch. Give it Let's to give Cooch. It to Bob Coochenberg. So be it. One of the one of those guys who would never be in the NFL now, just based on his looks. Like right. he, when he was playing ball <laughs> was with bald. a beard and stuff. Yeah. Like, wait, this guy's on a team? Yeah, exactly. That can't be right. He's a bald American. I should have to give it to him. All right, so Kuchenberg it is, and uh, be on the lookout for uh, the other episode or episodes coming at you this week uh, on the Dave Damashek football program. Remember, it's on iTunes. Rate it. Comment on it. Much obliged. And in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.